You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Emphasize that when we're looking at this subject that we started a couple of weeks ago, which is the rationale, the reason behind mitzvos, the difference between the Rambam and the Ramban, um, most of you, and I also really, to tell you the truth, before I really started rolling up my sleeves to work on it well, figured that mostly it would be the Ramban and Chumash, maybe a couple of pieces in other places, versus the Rambam and Meir Nebuchim. But the truth is, is although Meir Nebuchim clearly is, in many ways, determines probably what the Rambam's real thoughts about this matter were, his statements in Mishnah Torah have to be looked at as well. In fact, what I'd like to really go into is what seems to be a contradiction between the Mishnah Torah and the Moranibuchim, and wonder if there really is a contradiction or not. Up until about a couple of hours ago, I believe that there was. The Melech should not just buy a number of horses because we know Mitzrayim is the source of horses. Didn't Hashem say you're not going back there? And the Torah says about a melech, he can't have many wives in order that they should not sway his heart. These are three different lavim, the Rambam quotes, we're going to see in a couple of minutes, but there's three different lavim that all the money mitzvahs quote about a melech, that he can't have, he can't purchase too many horses, he can't have too many wives, and he can't seem to... Uh, accumulate so much wealth. And the next Pesach is the Mitzvah say, of course, for a Melech, that he has to have a special Sefer Teirah written for him. And that Sefer Teirah has to be part of his life in order for him to learn it, to keep all the Teirah. And then the Teirah gives, of course, the third rationale. So let's look at one more time. The Torah says when it comes to don't have too many horses because this way he won't bring the people back to Mitzrayim. Don't have too many wives because this way they will not influence him because there's nothing that can influence even the greatest person as much as a wife can. And a wife definitely, once you're bound to her, she can definitely move you into a different direction, maybe positive or negative. And the third thing is about amassing money, because once you look at all the money that you have, right, you strut and you stride and you say, look how much money I have, look what I've got, look how powerful I am, look what I'm able to do, and that could take you away from all types of mitzvahs. So those are three lavim with the rationale behind it. The Gemara in Sanhedrin says, Rabbi Hmm, why is it that the rationale of the Torah, or at least the reasons of mitzvahs in the Torah, were not revealed? Because there were two psukim that include three mitzvahs. That, again, the two psukim, of course, are Tezayin uh, and Yud Zayin, right? These are the, these are the two psukim. Um, and the Abrele Noshim, Vikesef is of. And these two psukim, you have three losases. There's there's two psukim that have three averas in it. And in those psukim, if you read further, you see the reason behind them. The Nikshul Bakan Godol Ha'olam. 
Very interesting term. We talked about a godol ador. This is the way Shlomo Melech is referred to as godol ha'ola. Okay. He stumbled with these three mitzvahs. And again, the Gemara goes on to say, Shlomo said, I see what the Torah writes on the Arab of Right? Shlomo said that um, I will amass horses, tremendous cavalry, but I don't need to go back to Mitzrayim for them. I'll be able to set up posts outside of Mitzrayim. I will have more wives and they're not going to affect me. Again, politically, perhaps that was the reason he decided he needed to. Again, I remember my Rebbe in, in, in fourth or fifth grade in the Memphis Hebrew Academy explained to me what it was that Shlomo Melech was doing. Shlomo Melech felt for diplomatic reasons it was important to get married to so many wives. Not that he really was so in love with them. But he says, I know what I'm doing and I'm not go- they're not going to affect me. And, and yet we see that Shlomo Melech was affected by all three. Okay, that's the Gemara in Sanhedrin based on the Psukim. Um, the Taratzmima, if you take a look in his parish in Chumash on those Psukim, he, this is a place where the Taratzmima has a little bit of an essay on the idea of rationale behind mitzvos. He deals with the opinion of Rav Shimon, who's Dorish time in the Krah, which would be a subject perhaps for a different class. What is Rav Shimon's opinion and what does Rav Shimon mean? Rav Shimon is the one who says the rationale behind various mitzvos. It sounds like Rav Shimon is in contradiction to Rav Yitzchok. That's one question. The other question that um, the Torah Tamima asks here is that, what about the Rambam? The Rambam himself, of course, did explain many mitzvos and it goes against this Gemara that says the Torah doesn't reveal mitzvos, the rationale behind mitzvos. So the Torah Tamima gives an answer. His answer is Ulai. He says that may, maybe, let's say you have a mitzvah like Shatnes, or a mitzvah like Korbanos, or some other mitzvah, whatever mitzvah you want to take. Maybe Lulav and Esri. Well, Lulav and Esri, we know the terror, well, it doesn't say the rationale, but it says, But let's say some other mitzvah that doesn't have a reason. If there's no reason behind the mitzvah, again, this is counterintuitive. Even if you, Mr. Rambam, or Mr. Sefer whoever you are, explain the mitzvah, that's not, we're not worried about that. Why? Because we're not worried about what Hirsch said happened after the Rambam's time. People aren't going to think that's so definitive. So mitzvahs that weren't given rationale, we're not so worried about the Rishonim, even the Tanoim that try to explain them, because who says that's the real reason? He says the people disagree with Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Rabbi Shimon had a reason for Mila being on the eighth day, right? In order for everybody to be besimcha at the bris. But we're not worried that people are going to push away the mitzvah and say, I'm just going to keep the Tom, like Shlomo Melech sort of said. Because it's not definitive. And even the Rambam, and, and who, who does try to defend and explain the mitzvahs, we know that there's other people who explain the mitzvahs differently. So no one is going to believe in the Rambam hook, line, and sinker. This is Baruch Epstein of the Baltar Tamima talking. And therefore, it's, we're not worried about what Hirsch said really was a problem. 
Because we can see, well, there's other people who say other reasons. We're going to keep the mitzvahs. So therefore, uh, since you can't figure out who's telling the who, what is the ra- real rationale behind the mitzvah, no one is going to say, I'm just going to fulfill the idea behind the mitzvah and not going to do the mitzvah itself. That's not going to happen. But where the rationale is said, there you're going to have people saying, well, I know myself. This is sort of counterintuitive. <laughs> but that's where someone's going to say, I know why God doesn't want the Melech to have more than, uh, well, 18 wives, as we're going to see in the Rambam. I know that I don't care. Wives don't affect me. I'm not affected by it. I know I'm not even affected by women at all. I know I, I'm just going to do it politically, for diplomatically. So that's where you could have a problem. Okay, so that is the that is the Torah Tamima's explanation of how how this Chazal, based on what Shlomo Melech did, uh, can jive with the approach that we've been the approaches that we've been talking about. Okay, that's an interesting Torah Tamim in itself. Torah Tamim has a second point. The second point is, what does it mean these are the only mitzvahs that you have the rationale explained? There's so many mitzvahs, and he just starts listing them, and you can see Baruch Epstein was no piker, might have been a banker, but he knew how to learn. And you can see, he said, look, although he did, he might have had help working on his safer, that's another story, the, the people who helped him, um, and, and you know his plagiarism. But the point, though, is, is that, as you can see, he gives you a nice list of mitzvahs that we've been talking about. Mila, Pesach, Tefillin, all of them, the Torah seems to say why. The Novi Sheker dying, what is going to do? Because you're an Am Kodesh. The reason why you give Matanus Kahuna, because you have to support the Levium. You have to give the Levium because they don't have a Chalik. You have to give Hanukkah to a person that you've dismissed from your work because he helped you, because he worked double time for you. You give twice to a Bechor because he's your firstborn. So there's a number of rationales all over the place. So Baruch Epstein wants to say that those mitzvahs can really, in other words, there are mitzvahs that the Torah explains why we're doing it. And those mitzvahs, it's nice to know that the reason why we're giving Matnas Guna is because God wanted the Kohanim to be able to serve we know why we're giving 10% of Meiser, because the Levi doesn't really have land. Those things are good to know. But you're still going to do that. <laughs> In other words, it just makes the giving perhaps a little bit stronger. But basically, those mitzvahs stand on their own. They're not siogim. Whereas the three mitzvahs about don't buy too many horses, don't get too many wives, don't have too much money, there isn't really a definitive act what to do. It's not like give 10% of Meiser because of this. It's not like make sure that you're, the guy gets something when you, when you fire him or when, when you, when he leaves your employee. Give a double portion. All of those are very set in stone. Whereas here, you can see it's like, don't give too much. Okay. Now we know what too much means, but it's all based on a fear. It's like, this sounds like you're scared about something. It's a, it's, it's, it's a love that's inherently a siog. In other words, tefillin, even though it has to do with buy, it has to do with, or, or let's say, carbon uh, pesach, which has to do with the act of what God did, no one is going to say, "Hmm, I'm just going to read about Sefer Shmos and not going to pay the money uh, to buy an animal." 
All I'm going to do is really uh, concretize within my brain the idea of what carbon of what of what Yitzhak Mitzrayim is. I'm not going to go and buy a carbon. No R- one is Rabbi Kivalevich, yes. Excuse me for interrupting. I, I, I'm I'm a little bit um, uh, as you're speaking about this. Are you emphasizing here that these other things tend to be a positive mitzvot like the sukkah and the and the maaser and all of these kinds of things? Are, or are you saying that they're just not, they don't have the, they have a, they have a definite goal in mind other than just being positive, whereas the one that's here is, is more a, um, almost a subjective thing. It's more like the second thing. I'm actually, I'm trying to explain Epstein's words here. Because those are mitzvahs in themselves. And whereas Eile Hashtayim don't have too many wives, don't have too many horses, those look like they in themselves are not mitzvahs. Though they seem to be inherently just to be siogim. They don't even see another. So there's a difference. One is a mitzvah, and it happens to be a, a good reason to do it. Is this, and the mitzvah makes sense because of this. Whereas here, the rationale of don't go back to Mitzrayim becomes the real meat behind the mitzvah. So therefore, the mitzvah is really just a fear to go back to Mitzrayim. It's not that there's something inherently negative with a bunch of horses. The fact is, horses happen to be in Mitzrayim. If horses were in Bavel, right, there wouldn't be a problem, right? It's because somehow Mitzrayim, and again, this is strange that Mitzrayim should uh, historically forever be such a terrible place to go back to. That's something you have to think about why, but that's the reason. There's nothing wrong with being married so often. It's just that the power of women to control and to into influence a person is very strong. But it's not the actual marriage of having so many wives is what is negative. In other words, unlike what we were talking last week about uh, being too involved with, with women, that's not the point. The point is, is that since you're a king, the women's control over you can make a big difference. So that's really what he means. I'm just reading uh, Bob. I'm just reading his own words, and he's struggling to figure out how these three mitzvahs are different. Whereas the other mitzvahs, and again, if we take a look at what they are, killing the Novi Sheker, um, Tfilin, all of those, we're happy that God gave us the framework and the reason. But the mitzvahs can actually stand on their own. Bob, is that does that explain it a little bit better? Okay, I hope so. Oh, okay. So, in other words, the, and because, and I'll say to, and I'm trying to add to Epstein. I'm trying to add to him. The point is, as well, is that the mitzvah is not to say having too many wives is bad for a king. It's 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 negative because of what the effect might be, and therefore, uh, having too many horses 
is only a negative because of the geographical or the political situation or of the specific situation that that horses happen to be found in Mitzrayim at that uh, throughout that part of Jewish history. Um, so therefore, these mitzvahs were the type of mitzvahs that lent themselves for for Shlomo Melech to bend the rules, and therefore, someone like Shlomo could say, hey, "These are just siog mitzvahs." Siog mitzvos are different than mitzvos be'etzim. So Rabbi Yitzchok, then what is Rabbi Yitzchok talking about? So when Rabbi Yitzchok, in the beginning in Sanhedrin, let's take a look at the words of Rabbi Yitzchok. When Rabbi Yitzchok says, Lo nizgalu according to Epstein, Rabbarach Epstein, the reason why he's only talking about siog mitzvos. Siog mitzvos, in other siog mitzvos, the Torah doesn't explain. What are they? What are the other siog mitzvahs? I'm not sure. But but he's he has, uh, to be honest, his questions are good, but what he has done is really, he has really cornered himself in this cul-de-sac. Because, <laughs> what do you mean? There's no other reasons behind mitzvahs? We know the reason why he's supposed to sit in a sukkah. So it therefore must be that this Gemara and this whole Limud is only about certain types of mitzvahs. And that's what happened to Shlomo. And then he says, Vidok Vitimotzeikal. Now, that is the, the Gemara, the Psukim, the Gemara, and the Torah Tamima. The Rambam actually discusses this and explains the Chazal differently. And even though Baruch Epstein mentions the Rambam, he didn't see this Rambam inside. So, where does the Rambam talk about this? The Rambam, as I said before, although he definitely dedicates a huge amount of the third part of Moronavuchim to Tamiya Mitzvahs, the Rambam in often in his work, Mishnah Torah, especially towards the end of certain chapters, gets involved in Tamiya Mitzvahs as well. So here, Sefer Mitzvahs, written by the Rambam in Arabic, was meant to be an introduction to the Mishnah Torah. It was probably written after the Mishnah Torah, maybe concurrently. My feeling is, is that, you know, as he was putting the finishing touches on the Mishnah Torah, he was also writing this book. Um, and definitely, um, it, it's somewhat concurrent with the Mishnah Torah. It's, it's later than the Parashah Mishnah. So here you see the three mitzvahs. Don't get horses. Don't get rove horses. Not too many wives. Um, and the Ramam actually says even one horse is too many if it's, if it's like extra. And we, in terms of wives, it's 18. Too much money. Okay, that's also somewhat problematic, what's considered too much money. Anyway, but the Rambam ends off saying that if it's clear he's doing it for the sake of the Jewish people, and that money is going to, he's just going to be, uh, not be Trumpus, and the money is going to be used for various communal uh, activities and public works, then, of course, that's not the Melech being too rich. Now, this is the end of the book of Sefer HaMitzvahs. That classic great Sefer that we learned last week from the Rashpats is one of the great gifts from the medieval period to us is to study this book, remember? How does that book end? It ends with this mitzvah, the last three mitzvahs of the Losase of the Melech. Then he says, 
God explains the reason behind these three, which is Susim, Noshim, Kesevizov. Why does God explain the mitzvahs in these three? To tell you that because these mitzvahs were known, the reason behind them, it's because of those mitzvahs were known, they were violated. How do you know that? Because everybody knows Tanakh. Everybody knows Tanakh, what happened to Shalom. And remember, in the Rambam's book, Shlomo is bigger than David in some ways. Because Shlomo was the greatest philosopher there was. Right? The Rambam writes in many places that the wisdom of the, of the Greeks came from Shlomo Melech. That Shlomo Melech is the source for all this great wisdom. The great wisdom of the whole Torah is really Shlomo Melech. Shlomo Melech is a, is a champion in the Rambam's of, 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 of a philosopher king. And Shlomo Melech, how he, his great Madreig in Yedid and Chochma, he was the Yedid Hashem. As the Pesach says, he's called Yedidya. So Shlomo Melech, what does it say? Shlomo Melech was Nichshal. What do we learn from that, the Rambam says? We learn from that a ha'ora for the rest of us. La'anoshim sheheim, ilu kulam, Shlomo HaMelech's Michshol teaches us that knowing the reason behind mitzvahs is going to lead us to problems. If this great man, who was so immense in terms of his knowledge, had such immense understanding of the world, of philosophy, and he he made a mistake. He says this action doesn't automatically lead to this avera. Having a bunch of wives doesn't make you stop feeling religious. Having so many horses doesn't cause you to go back to Mitzrayim. And he thought that you could separate the pu'ula from the reason. Maya seichel hahamon. What would the seichel of the average person be with all its weakness that didn't reach the level of Shlomo Melech? A person might say, hmm, this is the reason behind this mitzvah? It's only also for this reason? I'll be careful. It's not going to happen to me. V'lo osim le'ivalecha. So if the Torah was full of reasons behind mitzvahs, if the Taimiyah mitzvahs, this is the Rambam at the end of his book about mitzvahs, if the reason and the rationale for mitzvahs was written in every mitzvah, then everybody would take advantage. And if you take a look, uh, Kapach translates, and I go with Kapach's translation, Oz you betelum kol sidre Torah. The total the Seder of the Torah will be bottle. Everybody would be playing fast and loose. Exactly what Hirsch said the Rambam was guilty of. That the Rambam, although he didn't mean to be, the Rambam's explanation of mitzvahs, which led to the the um, the Enlightenment and the Jews that didn't care about mitzvahs, the Rambam was well aware of that. 
And he said, rationales behind mitzvahs, if they're written in the Torah, will lead to the bittel of the whole Seder of the Torah. God hid the rationale behind them. Now, what about Epstein's, Baruch Epstein's question? What do you mean God hid the reason behind mitzvahs? There's so many other mitzvahs. Okay. The Ramam is not going to answer that question. The Ramam, the Baruch Epstein's question from, from, from Tefillin, from Sukkah, he doesn't answer those. But what, what, what he's saying is very radical. He says, clearly all the mitzvahs have a reason. They all have a reason. We needed it that the average person couldn't figure out most of the mitzvahs. The, the, the ones that Baruch Epstein writes, you don't have to be a, a genius. It's right there. The average Jew will not be able to figure out the reason behind mitzvahs. He's just going to be a yes, sir, how high, sir. The low yavi name. And he won't understand them. But, but he's going to believe that they're all good. So he's going to believe what David HaMelech said. He's going to believe what all the Jews around him are doing. Even though, here again, the Rambam playing the elitist card is saying the average person in Torah is not going to know. Now, let me say this better. The average person is going to have to be satisfied with this knowledge is dangerous to you. And the, the same way the Gemara says about David HaMelech, that the reason why the Gemara asks, how could it be that this great tzaddik was nichshol and anashas ish? So the Gemara says, for David to be a symbol of tshuva, David needs to be the symbol of tshuva for all of us. And therefore, we can all believe tshuva can work. All of us can see ourselves as a David and can see ourselves as admitting to the person, admitting to God that we are a and seeing that there is a third act for us where we can restore our dignity and be better. Shlomo Melechs, this is really wild. God revealed the reason behind these mitzvahs knowing that Shlomo was going to sin. Because God, of course, knew the future. And he wrote these mitzvahs sort of with the knowledge that Shlomo, the greatest mind, would be nichshol in a later time. And after Shlomo was nichshol in this incredible public scandal that was this terrible mark of, ugly mark on Shlomo Melech's dynasty and his malchus, that imprinted itself in our history as a reminder you know, we shouldn't know about things. It's better not to know. Shlomo Amelech's Kishlon was a way to justify for everyone that mitzvahs are now mostly unknown. And we, the Hamon, most of the people the Rambam was writing to, are going to accept that. And we'll all look at Shlomo Amelech and say, yeah, I don't want that to happen to me. Look, even the smartest guy. Yeah, okay. And therefore, the Rambam then ends the book by saying, And I ask God to help me, that I should be able to, to fulfill what needs to be fulfilled from them. And to stay away from the things that I should be nizar from.
So now it's clear that he does not learn this Gemara by Baruch Epstein that it's referring to this Yogim. Shlomo Melech is a proof for all mitzvos. These three mitzvos, and again, it's almost like God knew. Why did pick God pick these three mitzvos? Because they would be the smartest human in the world would be Nichol in them. God knew when he gave the mitzvah that there would be this great king and he would be the symbol for all time of what a great intelligent man can be. The greatest potential of what a human can aspire to in terms of intellectual capability from the ground up without being a prophet. The great philosopher of all time. So when God put these mitzvahs there, he sort of knew that this would be too much for Shlomo Melech to resist and that Shlomo Melech would be Nechshel. And once Shlomo Melech was Nechshel, that would put an end to the desire for people to say, God, why didn't you explain what all these mitzvahs are? Because people would always remember the model of Shlomo Melech. And that was the Rambam's last sort of Musser statement to this book. And then he sort of says, "I and I hope I can fulfill mitzvahs. So that is, so again, Clearly, Rebarach Epstein did not see this Rambam. Because this is, and it's in and, and, and that sense, it really is quite a wild piece. Uh, it, it, again, it, if you look at what was written here, you'll see that I'm 100% correct about this. Now, okay, so here's the Rambam writing in his book saying, it's better people don't know. Now, um, The Rambam similarly, and I am going to get to Kansipur and, and Osa Vespino, but similarly the Rambam writes in a, a couple of other places in the Mishnah Torah. Let's take a look. One of them, you know, we, we read about it a little bit uh, last time, um, but I'd like to be omade on a couple of his a couple of his terminology. This, as I said, the Rambam at the end of his forum, this is at the end of Sefer Avoda. Here he says, A person should really work hard at figuring out what the Mishpatim of the Torah are. To think about them. And to think about them as great as he can. Right? So here the Rambam is sort of like saying, yeah, don't be mad at God for not revealing it, but you know what? Try to become like a Shlomo and try to figure stuff out. So it's sort of like yin and a yang. Let's say you work and I can't figure out what this mitzvah is about. I don't know really what, what it doesn't really make sense. I went through all the details. I went through the Torah Shabbat. I'm not sure what God really wants with this mitzvah. I can't figure out the reason what the reason behind it is. It doesn't seem to explain why he's doing it. There doesn't seem to be a rationale. Why? Al yekal He shouldn't assume, well, this is one of the ones you don't have to be so careful with. In fact, I can't figure it out. It's beyond my reason. I really worked hard on it. Yeah, you know what? To me, this is sort of like secondary. The Rambam then uses the terminology that God and Moshe use by Harsinai. Don't try to shatter things to sort of, again, remember where this Pusik was first used. 
This was first used about the Jews who wanted to get the Harsinai, right? The ones who didn't want to keep their level. The ones who, right, who were, who everybody was at a certain level at Harsinai, where you had to be, uh, Moshe first, Aaron here, everybody else, and you're supposed to stay in your positions. And even though Matan Torah is happening, don't move any closer and don't say, I want to get to the mountain. I want to touch it like Richard Dreyfus in, in, uh, Close Encounters, right? He wants to get to that spot and he has to get there. No, no, no. Yeah, we understand that there's something great happening there. No, you are, you stay, stay. Because you know what's going to happen? That's called Harisa. And you might die. And the Pasuk says, Pen Yifrot Spem Hashem, that if you get too close, then it's going to be, right? Right? I'll use another Spielberg uh, thing. It's going to be like the end of Raiders, right? Where they're going to come out and it's going to destroy you. Right? You're going to die. Okay. That's what the Pasuk by Matan Torah says. The Rambam borrows those phrases in the end of Hilchas Me'il and says, don't be maharas la'alos al-Hashem because you're going to tr- destroy it. Because if you have this attitude, this laissez-faire attitude about this mitzvah, then you're sort of breaking into it and destroying it. And then you're going to treat it like yeah, it's some other idea, like a shar divri achol. It loses its significance to you, because I couldn't figure it out. What's the proof that you shouldn't be that way? You tried really hard, buddy, to figure it out. So you know it's out there, you know it's a mitzvah, it just doesn't jive with your brain. Look at me'ila. What's me'ila mean? Me'ila means I make something hectish through my words. This is going to be Lebedek Abayas. Okay, then I put it down, forget about it, that it's going to Bedek Abayas. I fill it up with uh, apple cider that I got at the farmer's market right before Thanksgiving, straight from the farm. Oh, it's great. And I have some of it in this beautiful glass, much better than a plastic cup. Uh Uh-oh, I just used that cup. I now, whatever Hanoi that is, I've got to pay back the hectish, that amount, plus 20%, plus a carbon ashram. Oh, no. Right? What was it? A piece of glass. Ate some avon and va'afar But since I said it goes to God, what happens? All I did was say, it's just me. I just said it goes to God. Nisgadshu. It becomes holy. And anybody who treats it like minachol, there's nothing special about this. God, by the fact that Kevin Levitch said it's going to be muktash lebedek abayas. But once I treat it like I'm just going to put apple cider in it, mol bashem, all of a sudden I've, I, I, I've betrayed God with it. I was just a show gag. I forgot. I didn't realize this cup looks exactly the same as this one. I didn't know. Oh, i got to bring the carbon. Sarah kapara. So the Rambam says, Me'ila is a marshal to all mitzvos. It's, it's, it's a marshal to mitzvos. Look, if by Me'ila, hmm, it was zero before I said anything. So do you have a doubt that these are the words of God from Sinai? No, I don't. Do you know what they mean? I don't understand why. It's in the Torah. But the God said it, right? So if God said this was a mitzvah of shotness, you can't figure it out. So don't you start taking it lightly. Lo yivet just because you don't know what they are. So me'ila is really the marshal. 
the, the fact that there's a mitzvah called me'il, and you've now learned the halachas, because you're finished with Sefer Avoda in the Rambam, and you've now learned the laws of me'il, the Rambam says, now sit back, my friend, and think about what you've just learned. Me'il should now teach you about mitzvos, even the ones you can't figure it out. And don't try to cover them with things which aren't true about God, saying there's no reason. And don't think about them that they're just like regular laws and commandments that are obsolete and have no reason and they shouldn't be here anymore. Then the Rambam makes a little parshanis here. The Pasuk that we've been quoting from Parshas Achrimos, Shmartem is Kolchu Kosai, Chazal say, they're Shmira and Asiya. What's the difference? Anybody can be Osa the Mitzvah. Anybody can be, can, can do the Mitzvah of Shatnes. I'm not wearing Shatnes. Can do the Mitzvah of the Arias. I'm not gonna keep, I'm not gonna be involved in someone like that. I'm going to do tzitzis. Anybody can do asiyah. I, I, I can't wear this bag unless I put tzitzis on it. Asiyah you can do. But shmira is different. Shmira means you're scared of it, man. You, you want to make sure you know. You're wearing a bag without tzitzis, right? Shmira means you do everything not for it not to happen. And in your mind, you never think of it as anything less and even the things that make the most sense. You know what Shmira means? Shmira means, in your mind, this is in no way, shape, or form anything less. And even though I don't understand it, and even though the Mishpatim, everybody understands, that's how you have a, a society built on the people not killing and murdering each other in Shvi you need to have Shmira on all Chukim. And that's what Shmira means. Now, so Me'ila is the proof of the Shmira you have to have to even things we don't understand. So, now, then the Raman goes on to say that, and again, we talked about Heinemann, I'm going to skip this this, this one. The, the Raman says, or I'll say it anyway, the Raman continues and says, and again, Heinemann already said, and I believe he's right, that in the time of Bayez Rishon, it's not like you had philosophers going around saying, oh, this is so stupid what the Jews are doing. It makes no sense. It's illogical. But the Rambam, again, is guilty of the same anachronism that Chazal are sort of like saying as well, that even in the time of Dabon Melech, we had the Goyim saying, hey, what are you keeping these mitzvahs for? And that's what the Rambam says, that when they would come and, 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 and pester Dabon Melech, Dabon Melech would say, That's part of the Tilm Kufyutes, the letter Tess. They're always saying that what I'm doing is, is ridiculous, it's it's deceitful, doesn't make any sense. But you know what my answer is? I don't care. I'm just going to keep Tyra. So even though they are telling me that these mitzvahs make no sense, which I can't figure out the reason why, you know what? I'm not going to listen. I'm going to say I'm keeping the mitzvahs anyway. Okay. Then the Rambam finishes off and says, and if you think about it, all korbanos are chukim hey, not just me'ila. Every single korban is a chok. And yet, 
three things the Torah stands on. Torah avoda. What's avoda? Korbanos. The world stands on korbanos. Because you see, by doing these chukim, you're going to get Olam Haba. And in fact, the Torah actually in Parshas, um, in Parshas Achrimos, puts Shmira of chukim first. So, here the Rambam again, what is he, what, the Rambam is again, he started off saying you need to work hard to figure them out. But in both cases here, the Rambam is being careful about the ones we can't figure out, the rationale we can't give. Now, what's, what's, what's strange here is that in Moranavuchim, you will find the reason behind all these, behind these chukim. Some of them not, but many of the things the Rambam is talking about here, you'll find in Moranavuchim. So in Mishnah Torah, the Rambam is sort of like playing a different tune. In Mishnah Torah, the Rambam is sort of saying, yeah, I want you to figure out the rationale, but I know you're not going to be able to, and I know you have to be satisfied, and you don't want to be like Shlomo Melech, and you don't want to treat him like a divrei chol. Rabbi Kivalevit? Yes. So is, is the difference that the Mishnah Torah is really oriented to Amcha, to sort of the ordinary person, and 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 uh, Moran Buchim is to the philosopher who can deal with these sort of higher level uncertainties and you know and can and can resolve them without without having it shake his faith. I I would I, I couldn't have said it better. I think that's that seems to me what's happening here. I think the Rambam is obsessed with the idea of Tamiya Mitzvahs. It's not something he just decided to write about in Mishnah Torah. He, it, 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 it's, it's a strand you can see in, in, in the end of Sefer Mitzvahs and in all these places here of, uh, in Mishnah Torah. Um, but what's interesting, Jack, is that he doesn't want to say, this is for a guy who's not smart. He keeps on saying, beam his bone in as much as you can. As he says here, in the end of Sefer Carbonos, even though they're all Xeros. Whatever you can do, try to give a reason to them. He's just assuming you're going to fail in many places. And then again, he quotes Shlomo. So therefore, on one hand, it's really incredible. On one hand, in the end of Sefer Mitzvah, he, 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 he indicates Shlomo's failure as a reason why, to, to, to justify why God didn't explain all of the mitzvahs. On the other hand, Shlomo's failure doesn't take away from his accomplishments of figuring out almost all of them. So Shlomo was, Shlomo was, is on one hand, the guy, the person who was nichshal by the obvious. But on the other hand, Shlomo in the Rambam's book is also the person who you could say, look, if Shlomo could figure out almost all the chukim except Poraduma, so it means we can. It means it's within human reason to do it. So try to be like that. So it isn't as clear cut as that. In other words, it isn't just that the Mishnah Torah is for Amcha. He expects everyone to start with the Mishnah Torah and read it, and he wants to be encouraging. On the other hand, he's, he's at the same time, 
he is he is emphasizing how the door is going to be closed very often in understanding what mitzvahs are a certain mitzvahs are about. Now, what does the Rambam want in Hilchas Tamura? He wants to explain why God decided this strange mitzvah that when you want to change something, in other words, when you've made something hectic and you want to now transpose it onto this, that they both become Kodesh, right? That Tamura, although Tamura is usually by a behema, not by a Bedekabayas, but Truma, by a behema, that if you want to say this is going to be, let's say this was an animal and this was going to be a carbon, that now you want to trade it, even if it's a better animal, they both become kodosh because God knows you're trying to sneak out of it and God knows what you're trying to do. Okay. So, um, that is, <laughs> that's three places. Um, The Rambam in, in, in Perak Tess of Hilchas Tefillah speaks about, about Khan Sipur. Perak Tess of, uh, of Hilchas Tefillah So a person, as Rashi explains, uh, the Chazan had a right to sort of like uh, go on a riff, like a, like a jazz musician. He had a right to go off on his own with his own feeling to perhaps make a special request. He didn't have to follow what was in the sitter like a yekin. Koli would say like this, I'm being mischanin Hashem. You get Rachmanus on the Kansipur. You had Rachmanus on in that nest that the mother shouldn't be taken together with the children. You had Rachmanus, God, that you didn't want us to shecht the mother and child on the same day that the mother should see its child's death. You've commanded us to be Marachmim. You be Marachim on us, God. If a person says something like that, we shut him up. Meshaskin, they said. Based on the Mish, two Mishnayis in two places in Shas, in Brochus and Megillah. Mipnei shemitzvahs elu, gzeiras akosav head. These psuk, these mitzvahs are gzeiras akosav. Because if they were Rachamim, if they were in order to show God's Rachmanus, seemingly the Rambam is saying, we wouldn't be allowed to shecht. Hmm. So, these mitzvahs, what does the Rambam seem to be saying? So Jack, here, and everyone, here the Rambam, is he saying that Shulach HaKain, and Osef Espino are really just zeros from God that we don't really know the reason? Because if they were about Rachmanus, he wouldn't let us eat them in the first place? So the Gemara actually in Brochus says, Okay, that's the first part of the Mishnah. You're not supposed to say modem twice. You're not supposed to say, uh, But what's wrong, the Gemara asks, with Khan Sipur. Sounds like a beautiful prayer. So the Gemara in the Bavli says that two Amaroyim and Bavel discussed it. Rabiosi Bar Avin, Rabiosi Bar Zivta. One said it was because Shematil which Rashi explains to me. It's like what? 
the birds are somehow different. The kosher birds are different than the non-kosher birds. Like, 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 why is God only worried about here all of a sudden? Right? What about baby, baby goats? Right? Now here Rashi says, what does that mean? Midosov, mitzvosov. Who lo rachamim also? God didn't give us these mitzvahs for rachamim. He wants us to say, yes, sir, yes, sir. How much, sir? God wants us to keep the mitzvahs and to show that we are his servants. Even if things that don't make sense. Now this one maybe makes sense. But it's not about because it makes sense. Because if it makes sense, then what about the mitzvahs Rashi says that don't make sense? So it must be that the whole idea of all mitzvahs is to accept them. Similar to what the Rambam wrote in Moranavuchim, is that God is this great dictator who wants to show us that we are obedient to him. That's what the Gemara answers. That's the two reasons the Gemara gives. Well, one is because we don't want the we don't want to be that, that birds are different than goats. It's like what birds are better, these kosher birds are better than goats or some other type of animals that you're taking. And the second one is because you are being, you're wrong because you're, you're, you're entrenching the idea that mitzvahs are meant to give rachamim. Do you remember what the Gemara said? The Gemara says it was in Eretz Yisrael. So let's look at the Talmud Yerushalmi, which was in Eretz Yisrael. If you look at the Talmud Yerushalmi, the Talmud Yerushalmi actually has one reason is The same as what we see here, that Kenosin Kitzvah Midosav Shal Kadosh Baruch Hu Ad Kansipor Higiur Rachamecha Only Kansipor, but not no other animals. But now we have Rabbi Yosi Bar Avin, the same one who was in the Bavli. We weren't sure what he said, and Yerushal, we know what he says. He says, It's not good those people who say God's mitzvahs are about rachamim. And the people who have in their targum on the Pusik in Parshas Emor about Osav Espino, Ami B'nei Yisrael Kamoda'ana Rachman B'Shamayim, the ones who when they are reading Parshas Emor, after they read the Pusik, they give a translation slash interpretation. That's what they used to do in the Targum. The Targum was not just the Aramaic exact word translation. There were many people that used when the reading of the Torah happened, and the Targum occurred right after the reading of the Hebrew of the Lashon HaKodesh, the Targum would add ideas to it. So Rabbi Yossi Bar Avin knew that in Eretz Yisrael there were people that were translating that Pesach by Osef Sveno to mean Amin B'nei Yisrael Kamadano Rachman B'Shamayim Kach Tebun Rachman Ba'ara The same way I have Rachmanus you should have Rachmanus where? For humans in the earth. For animals and humans in the earth. The same way I have Rachmanus coming from God you should have Rachmanus. 
and therefore don't kill if it's a, if it's if it's a shore or a seh, don't kill it and its child in one day. The people who translate it low of the tabos, they're not doing a good thing. That seems to be Rabbi Yosi Baravin. And it says, By the way, if you look in the Targum Yonason, in the standard Mikros Gedolos, on that Pusik, that's exactly what it writes. So Targum Yonason actually is what the Yerushalmi says should not be said. So the Rambam, seemingly, based on the Yerushalmi, the fact that the, we know in the Yerushalmi's opinion it's the last opinion, that seems to be the Rambam's pshat in the Mishnah. Okay. What's difficult with this? The Rambam in Moranavuchim, when he tries to explain the mitzvah of Shulach HaKain and Osav The Rambam said again, and we remember we did this a couple weeks ago, you have to shecht an animal. Why? Because God wants us to eat, doesn't want to overeat, doesn't want us to be gluttons, but he wants us to have the best possible food. And the Rambam says, we know, as every, uh, every medical person knows, eating meat of animals is the best thing for a human to have. Okay. Vegetables and meat. Okay. Now. So since God wants to give us the best food, and we need to kill the animal. We need to actually kill the animal in the easiest possible way. Okay. And we cannot kill the mother and the child on the same day. Now, why can't we kill the child, the, the mother first? It's a siog. Shema you're going to kill the son right in front of the mother. So even though they're in two different butcher shops, you can't kill one, and they're not seeing each other, we're afraid that if you can kill both of them in one day, the terrible event might occur, the Rambam and Moranavuchim writes, where you kill the mother, you kill the child in front of the mother. Because the pain of a living thing will be very great. Here's the animal within us. There's no difference between the pain of a person and the pain of any other animal who has a connection to their children. The love that you have for your child, the compassion, doesn't come from logic. It doesn't come from the higher functioning of a person. It comes from what the Ramam calls sort of like an imaginary faculty that even animals have. Animals also have a memory. Animals also have that. What animals don't have is the ability to reason, to to think abstractly. But the idea and the knowledge that this is their baby and that they aren't going to be able to nurse that child and they're going to see that child die in front of them, that's exactly the same pain that a human feels. And the reason why it's only these animals, because these are the ones you're probably going to be eating. 
And these are the ones you're probably going to know which one is the mother and which one is the child. And that's also the reason why you can't, you need to send away the mother. Because, as the Rambam says, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, generally sending the mother away, you're not, the eggs aren't going to be that great to eat anyway. And even if they're, even if they're already chicks, they need the mother to grow to be old enough to want to eat. And, um, by sending the mother away, she's not going to see that terrible uh, tableau. And maybe we hope the Rambam writes parenthetically, you're just going to forget the whole thing. And then the Rambam says, and if God is worried about the pain of a bird, of, of, a, of a cow, God is worried about that pain by Behemos and Ophos, for sure, towards humanity in general, we have to worry about inflicting that type of pain by what we want. And he says, don't ask on me from the Gemara, because the Rambam says, this is one of the two reasons that I mentioned. Now, what does he mean by the two reasons he mentioned? This is what we read a couple of weeks ago, where the Rambam says, some people say God has no rationale behind mitzvahs. God is beyond understanding why he does what he does. And we can't fathom him at all. And there are there are people in Judaism who think that. The same ones who quoted that medrash that says, with Sarpanus Abrios, and I mentioned a couple weeks ago, that was Rav himself. But we hold not like that. He holds there's no reason behind mitzvahs. All it is is Ratzon Amufshat. We go after the second opinion. Now, what has the Rambam just done? Isn't this a contradiction between Mora Nevuchim and here? In, 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 in Mishnah Torah? In Mishnah Torah, the Rambam paskins that you can't say, the mitzvahs are gzeros. Right? And now he seems to be taking that whole Mishnah and saying, we don't hold of it. What gives the Rambam the right? He's, first of all, he seems to be Docha, the Mishnah from Halacha. And he quotes Halacha in Mishnah Torah. The second thing is, is that, hold on, aren't there two reasons that the Gemara gives? One of them is mitzvahs or aracham, mitzvahs or gzeros. But the first reason is, is because there's a kinah that it can't be that birds are different than goats. Why couldn't the Rambam just say there's a, why the Rambam have to say that why the Ram have to be docha this Mishnah from Halacha? He could have said the reason is because of, because we don't want to make kinna in my Sebereshis. But not because the mitzvahs don't have a reason. But what seems to be, and this is really my point, is that this seems to be an inherent contradiction between the Mishnah Torah and the Mornavuchim. In the, in the, in the Mishnah Torah, the Rambam is willing to say that Certain mitzvahs are gzeros that we only scratch and can never figure out what they mean. In Moranavuchim, where the Rambam is writing the rationale between all the mitzvahs, the Rambam seems to have gone so far that he's willing to push this off the chart. And that is not only, <laughs> again. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.